Hey, podcast listeners, the Crown Refs Mentor Program and community just recently celebrated our two-year anniversary, and Patreon's been busy making their platform even better, and we're thrilled to share with you these updates. Patreon now has a collections tab, which features quick and easy access to our entire catalog, which includes over 25 of our exclusive shows and series, like Signal School, Rapid Responses, Guest Speakers, Crown Classics, Game Notes, Verbal Judo, The Wonderful Women of Officiating, The Sunday Swish, The CR Vlog, and Rule Resources, just to name a few. Not sure which tier is right for you? Our updated Crown Refs page has got you covered with a clear breakdown of each tier's offerings. And there's more. Patreon is now offering free seven-day trials to give you a delicious taste test of what's cooking inside of our Ref Kitchen. You can check out the reimagined Patreon app complete with community chats. Plus, we're introducing a new shop tab where you can grab individual episodes, exclusive instructional how-to videos, PDFs, pregame cards, whether you're a Patreon member or not. If our content has brought you any value in the past, we are kindly asking that you please consider joining the Crown Refs Mentor Program and Community for Officials. As soon as you sign up, I will personally send you a welcome email so then you can get access to our 36 Discord community channels. You can go to patreon.com backslash crown refs or click the link in this episode to come explore the future of Crown Refs on Patreon. I can't wait to work with you and introduce you to our incredible community. You're amazing. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. That's why you see me. Okay, cool. Awesome. You may use these. Yes. Yes. All right. Good afternoon, guys. Afternoon. I just want to formally say hello to you. I know I've been saying hello individually in the past few days, but um, I'm very flattered all of your support. So I just want to thank you very much. It means a lot to me. Um, it's it's it means just as much to me as it does to you. Trust me. So um, looking forward to presenting today. So our topics are going to be great partnering and the art of effective communication. So think of it as two presentations in one. We're gonna talk about partnering at first, then we'll talk about communication. All right, so some of the learning objectives today for this presentation. Learn about being the partner everyone wants to work with. So every time we step on the court, we wanna be that person that everybody can't wait to work with. They see you on your schedule, they see your name on their schedule, they get excited. That's the partner you want to be. We're also going to discover the best practices and different ways that we show being a great partner. And also we're going to discuss communication tactics and strategies of the four perspectives. Yourself, your partners, the players, the coaches. Starts with yourself. Um, communication with self. So those are the four different perspectives we're going to talk about. All right. A photo uh, a couple weeks ago of um, our crew. So let's get into partnering. Number one, uh, be kind and treat everyone with respect. This is something I'm super passionate about. It's very basic and very simple. However, I don't think everybody is as kind as they think they are. 
So this requires you to be kind to everyone. It doesn't matter if they're a bad partner. If they're not kind to you, that doesn't matter. You be kind to them. You respect them. And I know we're going to work with tons of different officials and partners, all different backgrounds, but you ultimately want to respect every single person and treat them with kindness. All right? Kindness is a strength. It's an alpha skill. Being kind to everybody all the time, no matter if they're kind to you, that takes practice. That takes muscle memory. It doesn't just happen. We as humans, we react to negativity sometimes. If somebody's negative to us, we're negative back to them. If somebody is being critical of you, then you want to be critical of them. Be the bigger person. So keep it positive and remain humble. One of the things I'm most passionate about is being positive every single day. Every day I wake up, I'm blessed to even be alive. So this is a lot about your, your perspective as a human being, and then it'll trickle down into officiating. If at any point I'm confusing you or I'm talking too fast or I'm mentioning something that you have a question about or it may contradict FIBA, please let's talk about that. Number two, take the credit the crew, but then take the blame. So be quick to credit the crew. Somebody gives you a compliment, put it back on the crew, credit the crew. If we make a mistake, take the ownership, even if it's not your fault. Take that ownership and accountability of the crew. So be quick to compliment and quicker to take responsibility. Great leaders know how to build up and empower their people. So you wanna empower your crew. You wanna give them the confidence and, and just and support them and build them up. Accountability and ownership go a long way. Don't compare yourself to anyone, ever. My life has nothing to do with your life. Your life has nothing to do with the person next to you. Yes, we're all colleagues, we're all passionate about officiating, has nothing to do. So don't look at anybody else's career if you see them ahead of you, just stop looking at them. Appreciate it, applaud them, it has nothing to do with your life, all right? When we compare ourselves to people that are ahead of us, it gets us sad sometimes. When we compare ourselves to people below us, we become delusional. Because you're comparing yourself to like a first year rep. Oh, I'm better than, than this person. He's just starting off. So just don't compare yourself to anybody. Just be insular. Focus on what you can do to improve yourself. No one's career has anything to do with yours. Be happy and compliment the ones that move up. Somebody just got their FIBA license, ahead of you when you wanted to get it, be the first to pick up the phone call and congratulate them and show that humility, right? That goes a long way. They'll remember that forever. So be the person that always picks up the phone to, to compliment and congratulate the person that did something, that accomplished something. So this is something I did a few years ago. I call it the partner snack pack. Basically it means bribe them with candy. I'm just kidding. No, but in your travel bag, I like to bring, you know, uh, water, gum, love my cough drops, some pregame snacks. I'm not giving them a cheeseburger. I'm not giving them French fries, 100 calorie, nut packs, kind, simple crunch bars. So when I, for a couple years ago when I did this in like 2019, this is the way it looked every game. You would come in the locker room and I would have this laid out. It was like, they loved it. Then eventually, it started, I started putting it in like a Ziploc bag, and the supply started to run out a little bit. 
I'm not saying you have to go bring all of this, but just you know, to offer your partner things before the game, little things like that will, will go a long way. I would appreciate it if I walked in the locker room with you guys and you brought me water. I'd be like, this guy's awesome. Love this guy. So it's just the little things you could do to build that camaraderie. Always have their back, even if they don't have your back. So if I rep a game with you and you're not, you don't have my back, it doesn't matter. I got your back anyway. So just take that ownership with everybody. And that comes back to just you know being the bigger person, doing doing the right thing all the time. All right. I, I work with partners a lot of times where I feel like they don't really have my back, but I don't treat them any differently. I don't get upset at that. I just adapt. It is what it is. Do you have the strength and humility to have your partner's back when they don't have your back? That takes strength. That takes humility. Because you're like, you know, you're going into war together and you expect, you have a certain expectation of, of how they should perform and how they should treat you. But that's out of your control. We can only control what we can control, and that's how we treat others. And there's a huge opportunity to be the bigger person. It's such a strength. I love opportunities of being the bigger person. You know? Um, don't be bothered, upset, or dwell when people don't treat you the way you want to be treated. Just be tough. Be mentally and emotionally strong. Establish a pregame rapport. So we're speaking about real real games that you would work during the season, not necessarily a camp game or like a lower level game where you know, you're going to do five games on a Saturday. You don't have to have five free games, but we're talking about real games, right? FIBA games. You get into the locker room, you want to establish a pregame rapport. First thing I ask, I always ask, how's your family? We have to start connecting on a way deeper level, on a way bigger level than just all business officiating. This is way bigger than officiating. If me and you connect on a personal level, and I tell you about my family, you tell me about your family, now when we go into war, we got each other's back. Because like, we've already, we've already connected on a different level. I don't just walk into the locker room and say, you know, um, so what do you think of this play? No, it's, hey, how you doing? How's your season going? How's your family? You know, what's been going on lately? What's new in your life? You know, like non-basketball talk at first. You know, establish that rapport. Um, break the ice, and, so it breaks the ice and it develops that cohesion. So this is something, I'm a teacher, I've been teaching 12 years, and I had a student, my first year teaching, he was third grade, he was an African, African student with a large family, he had like three or four brothers and sisters in the school. And he, he used to come up to me and look at me with such admiration, and the first thing he said to me was, Coach D, how's your family? And it, it just hit me right in the heart. I'm like, I, I, I just met this student. He doesn't know my family. He doesn't know me. And the first thing he says to me is, how's your family? And to this day, 12 years later, he's my favorite student. I still have his number. I could FaceTime him right now. We've built a lifelong connection. And I, that is one thing I've learned from my students. That simple thing, how's your family? It goes a long way. So now every relationship, every time I get on a call, people want to join Crown Refs. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? How's your family? First thing I said. I'm not talking about officiating. So take this. If you take away one thing from today, take away this relationship building uh, 
not even gonna call it a technique, just a nice thing to do. This episode of the Crown Reps podcast is brought to you by RefereeStore.com. To save 15% on all United Attire products, enter Crown15 at checkout. We hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Don't leave your partner alone, okay? I've seen some videos where you know, you leave your partner on the court and then the partner is involved in an altercation. So this is, you know, a safety matter. Don't leave your partner on the court. Don't, like, walk off the court before they do. Help keep each other safe. Um, and always know where game management is sitting. So any game you ever ref, before you step on the court, you need to know who's in charge. Who's in charge of the building? Who's running the court in case we have altercations, in case we have fans that need to be removed? because we can't do it ourselves. So this is a good thing you guys should talk about in your pregame. Um, it's a safety issue, but it's also a game management issue. Uh, I know I've gotten in myself into trouble not knowing who game management was or the site supervisor, whatever you call it. And then we have to remove somebody and we don't know where to go. So usually I go up to the site supervisor right before the game, hey, I'm Paul. Um, you know, if we have any issues with the fans, we're either gonna warn them or they gotta go. So I just wanna let you know, if I get your attention during the game, we already know what's gonna happen. It's because we have to get rid of somebody or warn somebody. So being on the same page there is gonna help you out. Um, this is a very good, I don't wanna call it tactic, it's just a another great thing to do. And this went a long way with me when I was working with a senior official who I greatly admired. One of the first games I was working with him, my first call, I don't even know if it was right. I don't even know what the call was. Let's say it was a block charge play. I called the foul, I reported it, and as I'm walking over, me and him cross paths. He goes, great call, partner. That hit me in my heart, too. I'm like, this guy just told me I made a great call. I wasn't even sure if it was a great call, but it was such a confidence boost. So use that. If you're working with somebody new, the first time they call a foul, good call, partner. Good call, Saul. You know, whatever their name is, just give them that compliment. It will go a very, very long way. You're gonna look at that person with like new admiration, but more importantly, it's a great team building thing to do. It's a great way to empower your crew. So ask about their family and credit their call. I'm not saying go up and credit like 10 of their calls. Don't say it after it's maybe not a good call, because that's not being authentic. But you know, you gotta contextualize it. Um, but use that. Good call, partner. Great call, partner. It helps when you're working with new partners. It's very good for younger and less experienced officials, um, and it just establishes that team chemistry and trust. Number nine, if the coaches shout at you, they're shouting at the entire crew. A lot of officials don't understand that, and they don't follow that protocol because they see a coach shouting at someone else and they're like, I'm fine, he's not shouting at me. Woo, your fault, your fault. No, 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 take ownership of that. If I'm the trail official, if I'm the table side, the coach is shouting across the court, hey coach, coach, I'm right here. You don't have to shout across the court. I can answer any questions you have. I like to take on the responsibility of those conversations. I don't know how you do it in FIBA, but in America, one of the first lines of defense that we have as officials 
is when a coach shouts at you and they ask about your partner's call, they say, oh, my partner will be right over. Let me go get him. He wants to talk to you like you're being called to the principal's office. And I think that's a very weak first line of defense. My thing is I'm handling this whole conversation. I don't even know what my partner called, but that doesn't matter. Right now we're establishing respectful communication guidelines. We're not allowing the coaches to shout across the court. So if you're right there, take, take care of that. De-escalate. Coach, I'm right here. Coach, 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 coach. You don't have to shout. I'm right here. Talk to me. Talk to me. So de-escalate and take ownership when the coaches do that. Defend your teammates. Here's another one. Don't let fake kindness fool you. So what the coaches are going to do, they're very manipulative. Okay? Coach will be like, Paul, you're doing a great job out here. But you got to help out your partner. Who's heard that before? <coughs> you're doing good, but your partner stinks. So they're trying to be kind to you and then send an insult to your partners. And we get blinded by the kindness. We say once again, oh, thank God. Whew, he said I'm doing good, great. Oh yeah, my partner, yeah, you need, you, need me to, you need me to work with him? I know, I'll, I'll, no, 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 no. Here's my response to that. Coach, I would never be disrespectful to your assistant coaches. Please have the same respect for my teammates. So I don't care that you just said I did great. I'm focused on you are being, you're, you're shouting an insult or you're saying an insult to the crew. Remember, we're all a crew, we're all a team. So if he says it to you, he's saying it to me. All right, so don't be fooled by the kindness. We have to establish sportsmanship during those interactions. So support and empower your crew. Don't judge their calls during the game. So your partners, whatever they call, try to focus on your primary. Try not to focus on what they're calling, and more importantly, don't judge what they call, okay? Don't judge what they call, meaning, oh, that's incorrect call or got that wrong. Don't even do that. Do it after the game. When you watch the film, right, and you're eating your popcorn or whatever you're doing, taking notes, then you judge, but don't judge on the court because it can, it can take away our focus. And, it, and we're being judged, like negatively judgmental to your team. Control what you can control. I can't control what you call. Whatever you call, I got your back. It is what it is. That's what it is. You call the, 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 the charge, I got a charge too. I see a lot of officials, they're very judgmental during the game. And it takes them out of their focus. Control what you can control. Um, the game's pecking order, this is something to help you see things very clearly. The game comes first. Number one, we serve the game, right? That's number one. It comes over anyone else. No participants, no coaches, no reps, no spectators come before the game. The game's number one. Your partners are second. Put your partner second. Yourself comes last. Just remember that. The game's pecking order. The game is first. Your partners are second. You're last. So those were some... Um, good partnering strategies and tips that I had. Does anybody have any questions about that so far? Anything that you want to discuss? Or you want me to move on? Good? Awesome. So becoming a more effective communicator. Um, communication starts with yourself. It's really important that you guys get very insular and self-talk, right? Communicating with yourself. Positive self-talk only. 
positive self-talk only. When you're in the game and you're talking about who you're, who you're, which defenders you're, you're covering or thinking about the last call, it should be a next play mentality, moving <coughs> forward. What do I have next? <coughs> Not backwards. Oh, I didn't like that call. Oh, that call sucked. Shit. I fucked that one up. Excuse my language. Don't say that to yourself. Be nice to yourself. I'm so nice to my, wanna, wanna know why I'm in a good mood and I'm positive all the time and I'm nice to everyone else? Because I'm nice to myself. I'm not, I, I say nice things to myself all the time. If I do something wrong, you gotta be accountable, not delusional, but you just critique yourself in a, in a positive growth mindset kind of way. Um, always be kind and respectful to yourself, lean into gratitude. This is way bigger than officiating. If you're grateful to even be alive, that you even have a life, the game is very simple. The game is very simple. Sometimes we, we, we confuse what's important. And I understand we all love officiating, but we should be just grateful we have the opportunity to be here today. You know? So once you're, once you're, once you're grateful for things, everything else seems so much simpler. Um, perspective, optimism. And then accountability, because we're not delusional, we make mistakes, we gotta get better, we gotta improve in things, so you wanna be accountable. <coughs> know your strengths and your weaknesses. But the communication starts with self. If you're nice to yourself, you're communicating good to yourself, it's gonna be easier to communicate with everybody else. Communication with partners. Um, build that personal connection we talked about in the pregame, asking about the family, right? Um, connecting on a different level. Establish that humility you make a mistake, you're gonna take ownership. We know that we're not better than any other ref. I'm not better than any of you, you're not better than me, we're, we're, we're all in this together. And just knowing your different roles throughout the game. A couple times during the game where we communicate during a technical foul. We have to slow down during a technical foul. If I give the technical foul to the coach, then the crew has to get together, slow down, and talk about what we have. I have a technical foul on the coach, but there could be another foul in the play. Remember, we, we could have stopped the game for a, a push, and then we call a tech on the coach, so we gotta slow down. Hey, partner, what do you have? First foul is a push, next foul is a technical foul. Okay, who's the shooters? Where's the ball being put in? What's the shot clock? Slow down, are we good? And then confirm, you good, partner? After you've discussed all of the information, just reconfirm, we good? And then we move forward because ultimately we want to get the plays right. So some, sometimes that takes extra time. Communicating when it's a bonus foul. What do you, what do you play in FIBA? What, what's the bonus in FIBA? When do you shoot the penalty? Huh? No, how many fou team fouls before you shoot the penalty? Four, five? Five fouls, we shoot the penalty? Okay, so maybe on four we give each other a heads up, like next one, but at the fifth foul we gotta make sure we communicate and we're putting the player on the line, so use your voice. Um, in between timeouts, here's one thing I want you to consider. Positive self-talk only, next play mentality. So when we meet during a timeout, I'm not meeting at a timeout saying, hey, what'd you have on your last block play, block charge? Why was it a block? I didn't see any illegal contact. You know, I think it could have been a charge. We don't want to discuss that during the game. I'm not sharing my opinion when we have 30 seconds to discuss to, to meet for a timeout, because that leads to self-doubt. What I'm saying is don't do that because it's gonna lead your partners into self-doubt. They're gonna start questioning themselves when you talk about like mistakes. Save that for halftime, save that for after the game. When we meet during timeouts, 
next play mentality. Okay, partner, anything to look for? Yeah, blue number five, he's holding a lot on the post, so let's just get, keep an eye out for that. Um, player one and player four are starting to trash talk a little bit. I spoke to them, I just wanted to let you guys know. So it's always next play, what's happening now and what's happening next, not what's happening in the past. Um, and just, you know, be an active listener, be open to feedback. We have to be lifelong learners, all of us, no matter the level, no matter how many years you've been repping, no matter your experience. Be a lifelong learner and always be open to feedback. Um, we talked about halftime. Halftime is where you can discuss, hey partner, I know you had a block charge play. What did the defender do wrong? Tell me about that play. So we can have a discussion about the play. But it's not, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, I didn't like that call. It's a discussion a team building discussion. Um, same thing with the post game. It's a great opportunity to break down some of the notable plays that occurred in the game so we all can grow. I, I know having a good post game, you really leave the facility just becoming more aware and just smarter, I think, about officiating. Respectful disagreements are is something that I don't think people <laughs> are good, that good at disagreeing in a respectful way. So many disagreements are just negative and, and they lack that respect. It's okay for you and your partner to not agree, but don't do it in the game. Don't do it on the court, you know. It could be in the locker room, but just be respectful. Just because they disagree with you or they have a different opinion of something, it's okay, just be respectful. And just having fun. I mean, raise your hand if you if you have fun when you officiate. No one has fun when they officiate. Are we doing? Don't you guys like this? You love this. Yep. You should be enjoying yourself and having fun. First thing I learned. I'm a phys ed teacher. The first thing I learned in college. It's probably the only thing I learned. They said if you're going to be a phys ed teacher, and you're not having fun, you're not going to be a good teacher. So I said I can have fun. I know how to have fun. So it's the same thing with everything you do. You should be enjoying yourself. This should not be stressful. This should not be upsetting. You have to change your mindset if, 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 you, if you go down that road. But enjoy yourself. Have fun. Crack jokes. Smile. Laugh. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. Right, Johnny Gleach reaching out. Uh, we're going knee tuck. Comfortable feel, you know, easy to put on in the locker room before a game. I'll put them, hang my shirt up, put them on the shirt. Once you pop your shirt on, after you're done with stretching and warming up, you know, they clip real quick. You can have a little slide, slide band to tighten them up and down. I like to go tight, just like a sneaker. When you place your shoes up, you like it tight. It's going to loosen up after the game goes as you run, as your muscles flex. And they never ride up. Some, you know, I, I've had good success with these, keeping my shirt in. Uh, when you're at the free throw line, uh, watching the game, you don't want to be messing with your shirt, messing, messing with your shirt, messing with your pants. Uh, knee tucks are, you know, the way that, that helps us to not do that.